All right, folks, thank you for joining me. February 20th, 2023 is today's date. Full update, cryptocurrency, current events, and the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. The link on down below for my website there, zachrector.com, will get you in touch with us, get you your crypto, your precious metals. And we also have our Discord investment community. If you're looking to join the family, it is all linked up down below for you. Okay, so in today's update, we're going to catch up. Didn't get to do a live stream last night because I was up there hanging out with my friends in the north up there in Vancouver. Took the fam through the aquarium up there. Interesting. Uh, had, had a lot of fun in uh, Vancouver. And so back here, back in the studio, back in the session here this morning, trying to get tapped back into what took place here and what is coming up this week. A massive amount of events on the way. Okay, we need to break down the situation and understand it. Today's video, I titled it Crypto Psychological Operation. We're going to explain this whole thing for you guys so that you can understand the true you know, you know, purpose of introducing cryptocurrency technology uh, to us in a way that allowed us to pump it, get rich. Everyone's buying in and everyone's willing to give up privacy, control, and they're able to co-op many people who think that they're fighting for freedom and think that they're you know, you know, you know, fighting to uh, make a more decentralized level playing field. And some of these countries moving rather quickly to uh, capture that control through this technology. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about how part of the PSYOP is the amount of FUD and uncertainty, you know, confusion in the space right now. They want to get you out of this. It's not meant for you. They don't care about you. Uh, the little guy taking advantage of the few um, assets that are actually going to run the new financial system. And I'm talking about precious metals, and I'm also talking about distributed ledger technology in the form of a few utility cryptocurrencies that are going to move and settle up trillions of dollars of value, in my opinion. And then we're going to see quadrillions worth of dollars uh, in value going to be moving to DLT over the next decade, in my opinion. I think that people are really underestimating just how much money is out there and how much of that is going to be settled up and moved and displayed and represented on DLT tech. So nonetheless, we have to understand that this is a massive opportunity, but it's not meant for the masses. They have us completely distracted at the most recent Super Bowl. No crypto ads this year during a bear market, during a time when these assets are cheaper than they have been in the past. And there's clear suppression, clear manipulation, the derivatives market suppressing not only uh, you know precious metals in a massive way, but also uh, controlling the cryptocurrency space as well. And I got a couple data points in, in regards to both. To, to show that for you guys. So what we're going to do here today is break this down for you guys. Massive week ahead. Okay. And let's get tapped in. If you haven't already, make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure you hit that notification bell so that you don't miss any of our content. And if you need to, you can get in touch and follow us over on Twitter as well so that you can uh, know in advance when we're hosting any spaces, when we're going live on TikTok, when we're live here today, YouTube and TikTok. We got them both rolling. We're going to have a lot of fun in today's update, but we've been doing some Twitter spaces as well. So I want to make sure you guys don't miss any of those either as we continue to push out this message. I appreciate those of you who are sharing this far and wide for me. Thank you so much. And let's get straight on into it, guys. Okay, so at the time of this recording, let's take a look. The time of this recording, and I hope you guys got a fresh cup of coffee, by the way. Massive update coming in, okay? God bless you all. They did send Bitcoin back up to 25K. Right now, we're at 24.8. Ethereum's at 1,700, and XRP's at 40 cents. Let's watch this thing closely, and I'm going to show you guys the charts here real quick. People forget what we've already done during the spare market and what could easily come through here once again. Now, 
maybe maybe another 60% drop is a little bit dramatic, but I just am showing everybody this. This is zooming out on the weekly time frame, the weekly chart for Bitcoin. Go take a look here back in January all the way over here through March, right? We had weeks, a couple months of sideways action, a serious recovery, bull trap rally before we did a 63% drop. And that was back when, that, that was last year, guys, March of last year, when we were approaching 50K, a huge psychological level. Part of the psychological operation that I'm explaining here for you guys today is this Bitcoin manipulation, this Bitcoin pump bull trap rally that we're in the middle of once again. But if we go back and look at last year, look at this thing. They pumped it up here back to 48K before they dumped us back down to 30,000. And then we've proceeded to continue down all the way down here to 15,000. 15,600, the most recent lows. We pump 50% up into the new year, new us, new energy, crypto space, have some fun. I'm about to show you where the manipulation came from. Uh, China injecting a massive amount of liquidity to start this year. And then we saw the massive amount of liquidity injected into the stable coins. So we, we can go show you guys this timeline here and the, the, the events on chain. We can show you guys China's injection, a record injection into their reverse repo market. And that is what led us into a manipulated bull trap rally here once again. Now, we pull back down. If we, if we go 60% from here, I mean, guys, we're back down to 10K. We're back below the 10K level, okay? Now, I'm not saying that that has to happen. I'm just saying, don't forget what took place last year. Massive, massive run-up before they dump us back down 60%. Same thing can happen here. It might not be 60%, but they can easily do another 40%, 50%. And that's going to liquidate a lot of people that are already starting to bet the farm and going long. Even though when you zoom out on the weekly frame here, you can see that we haven't broken out here. We have not broken out. Okay. We've been bouncing off 25K here once again. They're getting people excited. The manipulation is clear as day. When this thing busts or breaks, it can do something ugly. So be prepared for that. Okay, Let's get right on into it, guys. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we're going to start out with our current events here, and then we'll go back into crypto. Okay, Magnitude 6.4 earthquake strikes Turkey-Syria border. Okay, So we have another earthquake striking. Our thoughts and prayers are going out to the people in those areas, those regions. Once again, Turkey-Syria already got hit with the earthquake. Now we have another one coming through. Not what we want to see. Now we have this. Russia has their strategic nuclear bombers on high alert. North Korea has all their nukes on high alert. Israeli, Israeli Red Sea Navy is at highest alert. Iran is close to weapons-grade enrichment uranium. And um, there's much behind the scenes. Much behind the scenes. We'll just leave it at that. U.S. and Chinese militaries are not communicating. Are you paying attention? Now, I'm not trying to inject fear. What I'm trying to do is just to say... Uh, there's world stage events taking place and we got to be prepared for whatever they're going to send us through. Okay. Ukraine's Zelensky quote, if China allies itself with Russia, there will be a world war. Okay. So Ukraine Zelensky talking tough. U.S. sends another 500 million in weapons to Ukraine. This is coming from Biden who did appear unannounced, pulled up into Kiev here uh, today. Kiev has captured a part of my heart. I knew I would be back. That is from our president, Joe Biden, as we send off another 500 million, topping above 50 billion in total aid to Ukraine. Kiev has captured his heart once again. I have no comments. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue rolling on. Now, United States, what this is what we're talking about. We don't know what they're going to send us through. We don't know when the grid's going to go down. Check it out in Oakland. The city of Oakland is experiencing a massive power outage. 
Currently, over 54,000 customers are currently without power in the city of Oakland, California, as they are experiencing a massive power outage with multiple reports of people stuck in elevators, traffic lights, stop working, and no service on the Oakland airport. A little chaotic, a little chaotic, and this is why we do our prepping. This is why on February 25th of this month, we're going to get together and do our prepping call in my Discord group. Get tapped in on down below. Breaking, police have discovered an 18-inch pipe bomb on train tracks in Philadelphia. Folks, these both are from Roz Alerts, uh, massive follow there on Twitter. Multiple law enforcement agencies have responded after an 18-inch pipe bomb that is capped at both ends was disconnected on the train tracks in Frankfurt, Pennsylvania, and have been reported to have burn marks. Officers advise the pipe is on the train tracks, and bomb disposal unit has removed the device for further investigation. I don't know what's going on here, folks, but this is definitely sketchy. Definitely, I don't want to say scary because we don't run around with fear, right? We have a plan. We prepare. We have strategies, and we're executing that on a daily basis, and we continue to make our moves all the way from the prepping uh, precious metals all the way to the food and essentials. It's a full encompassing strategy that we'll be talking about more in depth on February 25th within our Discord group. We can't really talk about it too much out here, unfortunately, but let's continue on with the program here in the United States getting exposed and I want to see this. I'm, I want, I'm going to, you know, shout out to Tucker Carlson. Shout out to Kevin McCarthy. Disclosed TV is reporting that Kevin McCarthy has handed over 41,000 hours of J6 capital footage to Tucker Carlson. So I want to ask and put out a request to Tucker here. Okay. I'm glad. I'm, I'm sure that you're going to share some of this. But let's decentralize this. Okay. Let's share this on the internet. Let's share this with all sources. Because we need to understand in the timeline of history, uh, people trying to say one way or another, I, I, you know, no matter what, what you think about, what your opinion is on these events, this date is going to go down in history in, in the United States timeline. And so we need to share, see this shared for all people to, to, to be able to go over this, um, this video footage, to go over this evidence. Okay, And we just continue with the message of let all truth be revealed. What's taking place in Ukraine, Russia? what was taking place in other parts of the world. But then here in the United States, we're continuing to fight the fight. We got the XRP army shirt on today. That's one of the battlefields that we're on is the XRP holders standing behind John Deaton, Stuart Alderati, Jeremy Hogan, and the rest of the lawyers, John Deaton fighting the good fight. On other fronts, let's release it all, Tucker. And Kevin, I'm glad that we did that. Okay, it's about time. I don't don't know what, what the holdup was. Okay, that's great, though. Let's move forward. Let's disclose it all. Let all truth be revealed. And let's see who the bad actors were. What were our three-letter agencies up to? Because just like in the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit, we see a three-letter agency in the SEC that's making mistakes, I guess is a nice way to put it. Making mistakes. Putting agents in place. Making mistakes. Some of what we've uncovered looks like corruption. Some of it looks like a breach of duty. And so we need to, you know, we need to investigate this to the full extent and we need to share this information far and wide. Tucker, I'm asking you tonight, let's share it far and wide, brother. Not just on your six o'clock show on Fox News. Let's share it far and wide. So all patriots, all people that want all truth revealed can go through it. Let's get it done. Let's move forward. This is great. Let's great. Let's hold everyone accountable and let's take a look. Let all truth be revealed. Let's send it, Tucker. Okay. Now, big <clears throat> need another sip of coffee after that folks it's gonna be a massive week ahead here check this out 
massive, massive week ahead. Let's check it out from Kobesi Letter. Markets are closed today. Okay, crypto's still trading. Crypto's a little pumping uh, here to, today taking place. Hope you enjoy it while it lasts. The markets are closed today. They're going to open back up tomorrow when we get the existing home sales data also coming out tomorrow. We have the Fed meeting minutes on Wednesday. So we're going to see what took place, what was discussed at the most recent FOMC meeting. Okay, this is going to be critical and one of the most important updates that we might be able to read here. Uh, Sabina, thank you for the cowboy hat gift there on TikTok. If you guys haven't already, let's be tapping that screen, sharing that stream to your friends and family that you want to get tapped in. I appreciate the gifts. Thank you so much. Now, big, big time Fed meeting minutes on Wednesday. We're going to have to take a look at that. U.S. Q4 GDP data on Thursday. So once again, they redefined recession last year by saying that two negative quarters of GDP growth is not a recession even though that's what we've studied in school and econ, econ 101, two negative quarters in a row of GDP growth is a recession. Last year that occurred. This quarter, Q4, we're going to get the data on Thursday. Let's take a look. PCE inflation data on Friday. Okay, this is going to be very interesting to take a look. Once again, a lot of the data manipulated by the government, complete lies in that CPI lie. And the rest of the data, the rest of the story, the unemployment numbers, all a lie to make it look like they are achieving something. And we're going to get many earnings, including NVIDIA and Coinbase, also coming in this week as well. So we're going to have to watch that. Now, Kobesi Letter shares this one with us as well. And this is why we continue to say we got to understand where do we sit right now financially? Is your financial house in order? Because in the rest of the United, United States here, credit card debt just hit a record $986 billion. We are about to smash through $1 trillion in credit card debt, folks, here in the United States. Meanwhile, the average interest rate on credit card debt hit a record 24%. Credit card debt is soaring as inflation has been 6% plus for 16 months. People are borrowing as prices and rates are rising. How can this end well? And this is the only way that people can afford to, to pay the bills, to feed the family, to buy the eggs that have gone crazy, to buy the food staples that are not just increasing at the 6% inflation CPI lie. They're in, you know inflating at 20% up to 50% up to even more. Okay, so that's the real numbers. How is United States of America surviving right now? How are we still getting fat at the barbecue? Putting it on our credit cards. Okay. Now, as we're about to blow through one trillion in credit card debt, take a look at the scenes that are taking place here in Lebanon, folks, because people say it can't happen here. Okay, well, we can see the reason why it hasn't happened here yet. We're being allowed to stack up the credit card debt. But what happens when... This, this this inflation runs away from you. Take a look at Lebanon, folks. Angry scenes at banks in Lebanon as they freeze people's accounts and prevent withdrawal of their own money. Folks, they're setting the banks on fire out here. In these other countries, they are torching the banks. Storming the central banks. Taking them down. The banks are shutting down. First, they start with limiting your withdrawals. Then they start with, with uh, limiting the amount that you can transfer over to U.S. dollar. As we continue to say, and I made a little video today comparing the U.S. dollar with Canadian dollar. Here you go. <clears throat> I got my Canadian and then I got my U.S. Both, both some blue fiat cash here that, right, that we're taking a look at comparing. This is still the cleanest shirt in the closet. But the house is on fire. When we're looking at the house of fiat currencies, the house is on fire. The United States is still the cleanest shirt in the closet. It's trash. And we need to go get real assets.
before they flip the switch, before they reset, restructure all debt, all currencies, before we have to go. And, and actually, I'm not I'm not condoning that. I, do, I want it, I want this to be a peaceful revolution. And, and the scenes that we're seeing in these other countries are bad. I'm hoping I'm hoping for a peaceful transition here in the United States. They can't feed their families in these other countries. And I'm listening. I'm getting attacked in my comments. I got people coming at me, other content creators that are saying that I'm trying to FUD the U.S. dollar. No, I'm explaining why the U.S. dollar still holds what it holds. But time is running out because the smart money is draining the vaults. See, they're not just making an allocation into precious metals by buying gold or silver on paper. No, they're making an allocation and they're they're withdrawing it out. See, I was just listening to my good friend Andy Sheckman explain how back in uh, back in 1930s, when basically they were going to confiscate the gold, they were doing a forced buyback. It was no longer going to be allowed for U.S. citizens to own gold. Right? The smart money, the rich money, got out. And they literally physically shipped their gold off to Switzerland, off across the pond, back to Europe, back to their countries. They got it the hell out of there. So the smart money is front running this while the masses get left in the streets with nothing in their hands. Besides toilet paper that you might as well wipe your ass with. And here in the West, and especially in the United States, people are asleep. They don't get... They think that we are going to be able to maintain this status forever without a painful restructuring taking place. Without a standard of living being lost by middle America, by the middle class. The white picket fence, real estate's going to go up forever, 401k is going to go up forever. You're going to be able to go down to the grocery store and be able to buy whatever goods you want imported from the rest of the world without understanding. The video that I made this morning, I was explaining the you you know my my US funny money was still accepted up in Canada yesterday but it's not accepted in some countries around the world and these other countries are dropping our treasuries they're no longer funding our debt so when the rest of the world calls us on our bs we're going to have to do something we're going to have to de- default or devalue there's two options default or devalue and we're hedged both ways. We're hedged both ways. Precious metals, and then if they send it, which is what started this year, China's recovery started this year. I'm about to show you guys some data points on a record amount of reverse repo injection into the banking system of China that just took place. And then we saw the manipulation, the money printers in the crypto space, stable coins, CZ, and the amount of manipulation, Justin Tron, Binance, what took place and we can follow the money very clearly now let's check this out folks as they are setting the banks on fire in these other countries we have this taking place pakistan's defense minister says the country has already defaulted once again default or devalue and eventually basically you're going to have to default so both end up happening it's just a matter of how far can you keep things alive how, far, how long can you keep things afloat? Many of the country's biggest companies have halted operations due to forex shortages. Gold continues to protect against a currency crisis for the people in Pakistan. Defaults are very ugly and more are coming. And the West continues to stay asleep. It can't happen here, right? The U.S. dollar, we're going to maintain that status forever, right? 
Well, I still think that a massive amount of pain and a loss of standard of living still happens. Even if we maintain that reserve currency, folks, the white picket fence dream gets destroyed. I hope you have a plan. That's the main point here. Robert Kiyosaki, baby boomers, and this is it. Just to reiterate, Robert Kiyosaki, baby boomers got rich in real estate and stock market. Federal Reserve Bank crushing real estate and stocks as we speak. Boomers going bust and getting poorer. Best investment today is silver. Everyone can afford a $25 pure silver coin. Don't miss this opportunity. Absolutely massive. Absolutely. He continues on. Our good friend Andy Sheckman says silver is the most undervalued asset of a generation. And Robert Kiyosaki says, I agree. And so I was just up there in Vancouver. Well, yesterday I took the family to the zoo. Uh, A few weeks ago, we were up there for the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. I sat down with lunch with Andy Sheckman where we talked about this. I got to meet Robert, Robert Kiyosaki and we're talking about this. And we're talking about how these guys and all the smart run money is front running this move. And I'm talking with Andy about Ripple and XRP and getting these guys caught up to speed on what's taking place in the cryptocurrency space. That's, that's the bridge that I was building up there in Vancouver with these gold bugs, with these guys in the precious metals in the resource space. They understand real utility and they are chomping at the bit to take advantage of this transfer of wealth. And Andy's talking about the smart money is not only making the allocation, they're draining the vaults. And we're seeing the London Metals Exchange vault at its lowest levels ever. The COMEX getting drawn down. They're not just making an allocation, they're withdrawing it back to their castle. And this is the sovereign wealth funds. This is the institutional investors. Smart money, family offices, big time net worths. 400 million ounces of silver brought into India. Nobody's talking about it besides my good friend Andy Sheckman and a few others in the precious metal space. The smart money's moving. What are you doing? How's your program working out with your 401k? Okay, how's the real estate portfolio going to act and, and perform over the next couple of years as we see the downturn in the real estate beginning here in the United States? How's the real estate going to perform? Whether that's your real estate investment portfolio or whether that's the house that you live in. What moves are we going to be making right now, guys? Let's get tapped in. Let's get tapped in. Continuing on. This is what we were talking about and alluding to earlier. This is why we started a massive pump. A massive amount of liquidity got injected over in China. Check this out. TED Talks Macro on Twitter. And a huge shout out and another sip of coffee, folks. Let's keep it rolling. And if you haven't already, let's smash that thumbs up. We got 400 with us in the chat on YouTube, 250 with us on TikTok. Let's have ourselves a party here Monday, President's Day. We're not taking the day off. We're working hard over here and we're, we're drinking another cup of coffee as we keep it rolling. God bless you all. Massive. This is massive, folks. Now, I'd missed this, but this explains why we got this run up in stocks and in crypto over the last month. Let's take a look here. TED Talks Macro. There's a new player in town. China's central bank performed its single largest liquidity injection on Friday. So last week, folks, we got the single largest liquidity injection ever in China. To help support the economy out of historically depressed levels, there's more to come. More to come on the way. China ramps up cash injection to prevent funding stress. And this is the uh, People's Bank of China right here. 
People's Bank of China cash injection via reverse repos. And you can see that chart. They took this thing back to all-time high. 600, that's a 600 billion cash injection. And that's, that's Chinese yuan back into their banks in their reverse repo. So we've seen that the reverse repo in the United States has hit all-time high recently as well. And they, they, they were injecting a bunch of liquidity back in over there, still are. I think it's about $2 trillion is what it reached in the United States. We have $600 billion here in China. Now, check this out, folks. Let's continue on uh, right here. China boasts the world's second largest economy and has recently expanded at a pace of 2.2% faster than the United States. The People's Bank of China are the world's third largest central bank with about $6 trillion in assets and play a key role in global liquidity. So total assets of major central bank, you have the Fed, you have the European Central Bank, you have the Bank of Japan, and you have the People's Bank of China. Excuse me. Major central banks, total assets, you got the People's Bank of China up there, third largest, third largest. While most analysts are focused on how the Fed tightening will reprice risk assets this cycle, they're failing to consider the scale of easing in the East. Japan, the fourth largest central bank plus China, are injecting liquidity into global markets, easily outpacing the Fed tightening efforts. So the Fed is supposed to be doing quantitative tightening, right? They're with uh, restricting the amount of injection. While we have Japan, which has been going on a major, major bond buying spree, buying back their own treasuries, and China injecting liquidity into the global markets, easily outpacing the Fed's tightening efforts. Thinking of global liquidity rather than the U.S. in isolation could prove to be more powerful when analyzing crypto markets. The Fed are tightening risk off, but the world's third and fourth largest central banks are easing, actually causing an uptick in global liquidity. So right here, he shows you a chart, crypto plus gold in global liquidity, and you can see this chart right here. I'm going to pull this up, and I actually want to show you guys this chart. Crypto plus gold Uh Crypto plus gold and global liquidity. So as that global liquidity runs back up, and it's been happening mostly with Japan and China, we see crypto and gold going back up, right? And we saw, we've been talking about the Binance USD uh, getting printed at the Paxos Treasury. We've been talking about USDC getting printed at USDC Treasury. We've been talking about Tron, Binance, CZ, the slush fund that CZ was using as... Um, he was using Binance US to funnel money back into their own trading, $400 million, okay? And then we saw hundreds of millions of Binance USD getting printed uh, at the treasury there at Paxos last month at a time. This was multiple times where we just see hundreds of millions of BUSD printed. And then on January 20th, we had 148 injected, 148 million USDC injected by the USDC treasury as well. So we have the central banks of Japan and China uh, filling in, pumping in, injecting liquidity, and then that's getting funneled right there into the crypto space as well, okay? So let's understand this situation here. I think that it is, look, interesting to see uh, and follow this money trail. Crypto is not tied to any particular economy or entity, but rather is a liquidity junkie. It longs for the risk-hungry investor to get cash and bet on the fastest horse. That's set to be exactly what will happen this year in China. The making of an economic recovery in China were evident when the zero-COVID policy was abandoned in late 2022. Lockdowns during 2022 derailed the expansive growth, but that's been so char characteristic of China's economy in the 21st century. So now we're opening it back up. We're sending it over there in China. 
The end of this policy has helped lift demand plus resume consumption. New Chinese bank loans hit a record 4.9 trillion won in January, a 23% increase year over year. Analysts suggest that this data could indicate that the economic recovery in 2023 has the potential to exceed the pre-pandemic level. Folks, they're ramping it back up. This renewed demand has placed stress on the Chinese banking sector. If liquidity is not ample enough to meet demand, the system struggles, and that is what that that's what has happened recently. Rates on short-term borrowing hit the highest level since early 2021 last week. Q, the People's Bank of China, and that's the chart that we just showed you guys, 600 billion of liquidity injected. The People's Bank of China are showing that they are keen to play their role in stimulating the Chinese economy. Last Friday, 92 billion USD net was injected to bring down borrowing rates and make cash easier to come by, which is not too dissimilar to what the Fed did during the pandemic. Economists and analysts expect this to be the theme out of China in 2023. Many expect the People's Bank of China to cut rates in the coming months to further support and promote a prolonged economic recovery. So just think, guys, if they cut rates and they're doing a record amount of liquidity injection, right? You'll see where this goes. Of course, not all of the cash injected by the People's Bank of China will end up in risk assets, but I'd bet that a decent portion of it will. Just like we saw from the West in 2020, heightened liquidity from central banks equals prices of risk assets like Bitcoin go up, okay? So let's watch this one. If they continue that liquidity injection, and especially if they have not done the regulations and basically the United States is kind of just held with this gray cloud over the crypto space and it allows all this money to get funneled back into the machine, right? The stable coins get pumped, CZ and other operators within the space continue to inject liquidity. We could see this thing run up further, right? And so this is why we've positioned ourselves both ways. Whether they send it or whether they destroy it, we're positioned for this market either way it goes, right? If, if risk on assets go up, we're in crypto, right? And the precious metals could, could go up as well as we see the gold going up with that liquidity injection as well. And why is that? Why is that? It's because they're getting the money out of that country as fast as they can. Whenever they open up and lift their capital restrictions, you see hundreds of billions of dollars flow out of that country. And it went, you know, yesterday, I'm driving through Vancouver taking the family a little cruise through um, an immense amount of wealth that is flooded uh, in, into that city. It's truly incredible to see. It's truly eye-opening. When you come from small-town America and you cruise through Vancouver and you see the amount of wealth that is poured in right across the water into this city, into this region, it's absolutely massive. Along with the other amount, uh, uh, you know, the other foreign money. Because like we said here, it's going to the cleanest shirt in the closet. If you can't make it to the US and you can make it to Canada, well, that's another good option for you. And so there's just been a tremendous amount of foreign money flood into that city. And it's incredible to see, incredible to see, right? But let's watch this closely, okay? Because we were watching the manipulation in the crypto space, Binance USD, Circle, Treasury uh, firing it up, hundreds of millions of USDC printed. We were seeing Tron, Payback Binance, all this money moving back and forth that got exposed that CZ was using Binance US as 
um, basically basically to fund back into his own trading firms and make his own bets, make his own hedge bets. Uh, basically, they're just trading against each other in the crypto space. And as long as this regulations continue to go and the SEC starting to make a choke point operation live, starting to clamp down on this thing, but they were able to send it back up to 25K. They were able to send it back up to 25K. The problem is, right, is, is you continue to see if, if they do file lawsuits against Binance, if they do go against some of these other stable coins, that could bring the crypto space back down. And just like I showed you guys at the beginning of this session, we went sideways and we pumped back up back last year, January to March, we pumped back up before we did another 60% drop. And so I worry about us getting caught up in manipulation. I worry about us getting caught up in a temporary pump that isn't real, only for them to rug us once again. So we're gonna have to continue to watch this, okay? We're gonna have to continue to watch this. Now, I wanted to verify this, so I did go and I did Google this, and sure enough, if you look here, China ramps up cash injections. The People's Bank of China offered up 835 billion won, 121 billion dollars of cash via the seven-day reverse repo contracts on Friday, resulting in an injection of 632 billion won on a net basis. That's the largest one-day addition on record in data going back to 2004. So absolutely massive, folks. Let's continue to watch it. Okay. Now, speaking of the manipulation here, Crypto Whale, Binance takes over 90% of all Bitcoin uh, spot trading volume, Crypto Slate. So it, it, you can see where I said, like where this money's flowing to, this, this machine that's just washing this money back into the liquidity that gets injected into crypto. Binance now uh, handling over 90% of all Bitcoin spot trading volume, according to Crypto Slate. Now, Mr. Whale also shares with us Binance, a centralized exchange guilty of wash trading, market manipulation, and fraud, now facilitates a whopping 98.8% of Bitcoin spot trading. Over 90% of this volume is fake and supported by stablecoins. Imagine the fallout when they eventually go bust. Exactly. Let's go back and look at this chart here that I shared with you guys. Look at what took place last year. We run it back up January, back up into March, the end of March, back into April absolutely get wiped out 63% drop. If we do something similar, we do go down to about a 10K level. I'm not saying it has to happen. I'm just saying that it's possible. And I'm just saying that the manipulation in real time can easily be tracked. So be careful out there. Now, in regards to real action, real action that's getting built out here with XRP, with Ripple. Let's take a look here. Wrath of Kahneman sharing this one with us. We have a new on-demand liquidity partner on the way, potentially. Ripple execs met with this exchange, Joya Lucas Exchange in the UAE to discuss how Ripple enables money transfers, including ODL using XRP. The post concludes, we look forward to collaborating. So I did go take a look at this on LinkedIn. You can verify this one. This one's real. And the guys there, Mark Johnson, William Cooley, and Nick Taplin of Ripple representing us so well. Love the blue suits. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love to see it. And this is the general manager at this exchange in the UAE talking about this. We are excited to collaborate with you. Absolutely love to see it. Great work, gentlemen. Great work, Team Ripple. Getting it done over there. And we absolutely love to see it. The progress continues. Now, Anders sharing this one here. Take a look. To expand on this, remember... Now, now what is Anders talking about here? He's talking about this. 
why I believe Ripple are working with a lot of central banks with their CBDCs. Description of a current job opening, the Partner Solution Director Central Banks. This is a job that Ripple is hiring for right now. And what will you be doing? You will work with multiple clients simultaneously to understand where and how our technology can assist them in meeting their CBDC objectives. For each client engagement, perform requirements, uh, analysis, solution, and architecture design to implementation and test support to ensure that individual components are built and delivered to maintain the integrity of the overall project. Closely, uh, work with clients as well as internal and external teams to construct solution designs, cost estimates, and implementation plans spanning all systems involved. Okay, so we got that. And Anders is expanding on this point. He says, to expand on this, remember when Jim Kunha from Boston Federal Reserve showed Ripple working with Brazil on retail CBDC prototype. A mistake, maybe. I doubt someone from the Boston Fed would do such a mistake. A few noteworthy things. And he shows a YouTube video here. And this is from the Boston Fed. This is this is John. No, sorry. Jim Kuna from the Boston Federal Reserve showing that Ripple is working with Brazil on a retail CBDC prototype. Right here. This is a demonstration that he's giving. And he shows Brazil working with Ripple to build a prototype. Wow. That's interesting. Right? And, and I agree. And, and I've been saying this right? So many of these deals are under NDAs. We won't know about them until it's too late. And by the time that you hear that these central banks have put it on their reserve as their balance sheet, by the time that you hear that, yes, the big players are using and, and, and building their CBDC and making it interoperable with the XRP ledger, I think that it's going to be too late for, for most people. I think that the price action is going to move to an area and we're going to be caught up in a situation macroeconomically where most people aren't going to be able to afford to get that life-changing bag of XRP. I think that the price will have moved. But by, by the time that this comes and, and is made available, by the time they lift the veil and, and reveal what all they've actually been doing, creating prototypes with, with uh, the central bank in Brazil, right? And this is the Boston Federal Reserve, a guy from the Boston Fed, and so if a guy from the Boston Fed's talking about this, right, understands this, and, and we already see that we have Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke coming to speak at Ripple Swell Conference. We have former Fed chairman speaking at Ripple Swell Conference. We have over 50 central bank meetings that have taken place. We have multiple CBDCs already built on the XRP ledger, Palau and Bhutan, which in fact act as a proxy test for US CBDC and for Indian rupee CBDC, along with the Bank of Montenegro just announcing a partnership as well. Is that a proxy test for CBDC using the euro, right? And so this is getting built out. There's a lot underway and we continue to see the development and success here. Ripple now meeting and working with the UAE. We know about that. And so I went and looked at this. Uh, they're talking about what are they hiring here for? They were hiring for partner solution director for the central banks. Now, if you go look at these guys, if you look at, um, sorry, let me go back here. We need to go to, okay, no, it is right here, William Cooley. So one of the gentlemen there that was meeting um, with that exchange, he is the solutions director at Ripple, okay? So take a look here at this. This is William Cooley, one of the guys that was meeting there. He's already one of these solution directors, right? And so this is why it, it, it's interesting. You gotta watch these guys too. 
everybody focuses on watching the the tech guys and and some of the tech guys have been vocal lately like matt hamilton and that's great i love the insight that they've been able to provide but i like watching these guys i like watching james wallace cbdc advisor right and i like watching these guys solutions director these are the business guys that they're sending to to sign contracts to get deals done real real business crypto means business was the motto of their most recent swell conference these are the guys that they're sending to go execute execute on those types of deals. And we're going to have to watch these ones closely because there's a lot happening behind the scenes. We get little glimpses, and that's what the XRP community does so well there with the Twitter sluice, exposing this, you know, Wrath Economy, shout out to Anders as well, uh, sharing this information with us and, and finding these partnerships before they get publicly announced. Absolutely massive. And remember what matters most. When we have 40 ODL corridors firing up, the, the, the switch has been flipped in 40 payout markets. That means the other banks and financial institutions have the ability to do so. And so I want to share this tweet, actually, that I put out here uh, earlier today, earlier this morning. This is the tweet that I put out right here. Take a look. And I was sharing, Leonidas had shared Ripple's Q4 market report and all of the sales and purchases of Ripple since 2018. So he shared this chart with us. I've already gone through this when I went through the Q4 markets report for Ripple. But I just put out this tweet right here. And, and this, I'm going to conclude with this statement. Forget the FUD. When you read between the lines and apply common sense, it's simple. Ripple treats XRP like a world reserve digital currency. Banks, financial institutions, and anybody with regulatory clarity are accumulating XRP for a quote-unquote competitive advantage. And the reason why I said that is because that is what was said or spilled out of Ripple's Swell Conference was Bank of America wants to use XRP for a quote competitive advantage. And we see anybody outside of the United States with regulatory clarity is accumulating XRP. ODL growth growing like wildfire is a direct quote from Neil Hartner, senior software developer at Ripple working on ODL solutions. Okay, then we see the business guys are getting sent over here to the UAE to do deals with this exchange. These deals are getting signed behind the scenes. This is happening rather quickly. When you look at how Ripple's operating with the escrow accounts, uh, operating the treasury of the, the XRP reserves that they're sitting on, they are absolutely treating XRP like a world reserve digital currency. When they get $3 billion released to them in one quarter and they return $2.1 billion of it back, and then if you look at the average over the last uh, few years, they've essentially put 80% of the escrow released to them back into the escrow. They are stuffing it back so that they can keep it as a reserve on their balance sheet where on their balance sheet, Brad Goyenhouse said that the escrow they calculate is zero, right? So, so they understand it's locked away. They can't have access to it. And they continue to, to lock it back up for another 55 months. Who else would be doing that unless you were treating XRP like a world reserve currency? And then what do we see? In 2022, they buy, they give up 8 billion cash. They, they, they give up 8 billion cash right here. 8 billion big Benjis get thrown away to accumulate XRP. And then they turn around and sell 9 billion of it back to their on-demand liquidity customers. Right. And so this proves that banks, financial institutions, and anybody else with regulatory clarity bought $9 billion worth of XRP from Ripple in 2022. Now, I don't know what the average price of XRP was last year. Was it 40, 50 cents, 60 cents, you know, whatever it was. So let's just round up, right? That's, let's just round up. That's nearly 20 billion of XRP that, that, that was acquired. 20 billion XRP that was acquired. Um, 
by these banks and financial institutions. I mean, give or take the numbers, we can play with the maths and, and do our calculators all night, right? You just look at the average price, there was a serious amount that was calculated. If you just have XRP at an average price of uh, 50 cents, right? You just $9 billion is bought, okay, you double that. Let's round up to 20. You, you know what I'm saying? Over 10 billion XRP was acquired. Let's just, let's just, let's just be conservative. Because these guys try to pick us apart on the mass and do their calculations all night till the sun comes up with, uh, with, with missing the main point. They were able to get banks and financial institutions to buy $9 billion worth of XRP off of them in 2022. Don't you get it? Anybody with clarity is eating up XRP. And what did Neil say? Neil said that Ripple does not want to give up as much XRP as their on-demand liquidity customers want. So that's why they're taking their cash, buying XRP, right? So that they can give it to their banks and financial institutional partners working with them on ODL. Absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. Now, in regards to the lawsuit update, let's let's see what John Deaton has to say here for us. Let's say let's see here what John Deaton has to say. I always like to back up anything I say with facts, explaining why I believe the way I do. In the next tweet uh, below, he's going to give us a little thread. I'm going to quote the SEC government summary judgment argument against Ripple. The following quote perfectly summarizes the SEC's theory in a nutshell. Quote, defendants do not dispute that they offered and sold XRP in exchange for money, which suffices to establish the investment of money, uh, investment of money aspect of the Howey test. Defendants' statements and efforts as to XRP establish the other aspects of the Howey test as a matter of law. Now, that's an interesting way to approach the Howey test. I've said in the past that the SEC is attempting to apply the functional equivalent of the but for test to securities laws. The theory is because Ripple ex executives created XRP and the XRP ledger and then undertook efforts to help create a secondary market, all XRP, including XRP traded in the secondary market, constitutes securities, regardless of the seller or of the circumstances surrounding the sale. We can all agree, even if you despise Ripple and believe XRP was sold as a security, the SEC's theory, if successful, would establish a dangerous precedent. As I say in my amicus brief, this is not how the Howey test is applied, nor is it an example of how the law functions. The SEC didn't allege or prove uh, specific transactions, but claimed all transactions, past, present, and future, meet the Howey test as a matter of law. The SEC's claims, Ripple statements and efforts satisf uh, the SEC's claim that Ripple statements and efforts satisfy the remaining prongs of the Howey test without conducting a specific Howey analy analysis. Ask yourself. How does Ripple's statement and efforts establish the common enterprise factor as a matter of law? Exactly. Exactly. You got to ask yourself that question. And the answer is very simple. They do not. They do not establish a fair, uh, a common market, a common enterprise, I should say. The SEC actually shortcuts the analysis and argues the XRP itself, the token, represents the common enterprise. The SEC argues, quote, the escrow account's purpose was to remind investors of the common enterprise XRP represented. Thus, XRP represents the common enterprise. Now, now, now think about that, guys. Just, just because Ripple holds XRP in an escrow account does not mean that we have the common enterprise with investors in XRP. Just because they hold XRP and we hold XRP doesn't mean that we get any share of Ripple's profits. 
Remember, the SEC argued XRP, including XRP, traded in the secondary market represents the investment contract. Thus, XRP represents both the investment contract and the common enterprise. The SEC also argued that Ripple offered and sold XRP for money as a common enterprise. Here, the SEC literally claims that XRP itself is the common enterprise. Even if you hate Ripple, you must see the inherent flaw in the SEC's conclusory and circular reasoning. According to the SEC, since it represents both the common enterprise and investment contract, any purchase of XRP automatically satisfies all prongs of Howie. The SEC's obsession with focusing on the token and not on the circumstances surrounding the offering as a whole allow the SEC to sidestep a legitimate Howie anal analysis. It takes unconstitutional bootstrapping to a level not seen before. This is why I said the SEC may have snatched defeat from the jaws of victory as I point out to Judge Torres, quote, simply put, the allegations contained in the amended complaint are quite possibly the most overbroad, far-reaching claims ever made in an SEC enforcement action. Huge shout out to John Deaton, guys. The, the case, the work that he is putting in here, completely exposing the SEC. And then Stuart Alderati reminding the SEC on, on just how much ammo, just how much, just how far Ripple is willing to go, folks. Check this out, guys. Stuart Alderati put out this one here, Chief General Counsel at Ripple. The SEC has lost four of its last five cases in the Supreme Court. Thanks to the few that had the courage and resources to fight back against the SEC's bowling and clinging to stretch legal positions that were not faithful to the law. Now, I really hope that we don't go to the Supreme Court because that means that this case is going to go out till about 2025 or longer. But Ripple is ready to put up that fight regardless. And the SEC has lost four of those five cases, which is so interesting because I want to make a quick point on that. I have literally, golly, God bless these guys, the XRP fudsters, this group of guys and gals that are trying to fud everybody out, just, just, just been um, putting out a record amount. I said XRP fud reaches all-time high. And they're putting out all this nonsense, nonsense in regard to XRP and and I hop in these discussions, which are not really worth my time, but I just hate to see the people getting scammed out of this opportunity because they're listening to this FUD. So I take the time to hop in here and get in these conversations. And I kid you not, I have had these XRP FUDsters quote, Craig Wright, Richard Hart, and the SEC's claims as their evidence of basically their thesis of why XRP is not going anywhere. Nothing will ever happen. Ripple's been dumping on us. XRP's a, a poop coin. Whatever their story is, they are literally citing Craig Wright, Richard Hart, and the SEC. And that we have to go back and remind them, just like Stuart Alderati did, that the SEC has lost four out of the last five cases in the Supreme Court. So just because the SEC makes a claim, just because they're, ma they, they're making the case and they put it in their summary judgment does not mean that it's fact or law and they have lost their last four to five cases at the Supreme Court. And this is the, the, the stupidity that I am hearing from some people within the space. Quite frankly, it's embarrassing. And, you know, for the most part, I don't have time for it anymore. I'm not going to be engaging with these kids anymore. These guys are full of it. Many of them are broke. They're in a bad space mentally, and I wish that they could get out of it. I wish that they could get out of that dark space that they're in, right? But they're lashing out, making ridiculous claims, uh, you know, providing misrepresentation of the facts in regards to 
everything about Ripple, everything about XRP, everything from the markets report, and 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 even siding with the SEC. And I'm most recently been hearing guys quote Richard Hart and Craig Wright for why XRP's not going to go anywhere, not doing anything, and why Ripple's a fraud, making claims that Ripple is a fraud. When the SEC themselves is not even making the case or or trying to say that Ripple is committing fraud, right? It is quite embarrassing. I wish that they would do better. We've been able to cut through recently, though. If you if if you've been having any doubts about XRP, I threw it down in that Ripple Q4 markets report, explaining cutting through all that nonsense, stay straight to the data and what the confirmations what confirmations have been made for us as an XRP investor. Because my conviction in XRP has only grown since 2018 when I first started investing in XRP until now. I thought that we were going to flip the switch and send it a lot sooner. Okay, I've been wrong in that regard. But day after day, my conviction grows because the numbers don't lie. ODL growth is growing like wildfire and banks and financial institutions with regulatory clarity are accumulating a massive amount of XRP. A massive amount, folks. Now, Let's look at the tally here. This one from XPunkDS on Twitter. Judge Netburn has ordered the SEC to hand over the emails six times. Judge Torres ordered the SEC to hand over the Hinman emails one time. So seven times now that the judges combined have asked the SEC to hand over the documents. The SEC still refuses to abide. Whatever is in those emails will be the SEC's undoing. If we ever do get to see them, if we ever do, maybe they settle it up and it goes all away. But then we have our good friend, Jimmy Valley, putting out this one right here. And he says, it's all right here. And he's talking about this opinion piece put out by Rosalind Layton. And Rosalind Layton is the, you know, the journalist here who decided to, uh, she, she put that piece into Forbes about why we needed to unseal the Hinman documents. But now she officially has filed a motion for leave to intervene in the 2020 enforcement actions of the SEC against Ripple Labs. And she's asking for the Hinman documents to be released. And Jimmy says this, it's all right here. Add to the fact that Professor Grunfist, who was a former SEC commissioner, wrote the five acting commissioners five days before the lawsuit and there is a clear breach of duty and de facto regulatory capture done by Bill Hinman, uh, Jay Clayton, the SEC, now being ran by Gary Gensler. And what was really done here, if this ever does get exposed, right, Brad Garlinghouse tells us that the people will be shocked if we ever do get to see those Hinman emails. And the judge now asking seven times for those Hinman emails to be handed over and the SEC still putting up that fight. Now, we need to get in here. Digital Asset Investor shared a gem with us. And this is in regards to the psychological operation that is the cryptocurrency space. And the XRP FUD is part of it. The XRP distraction, confusion, and nonsense is part of it. Because XRP, I, I, I understand, retail holds XRP. People say XRP is not meant for us. For all intents and purposes, Let's just be clear here. Ripple does not care about making XRP available for retail anymore. 
back in the past, they got XRP into the hands of the exchanges. They sold off XRP that trickled down and, and maybe XRP still will trickle down from Ripple to their on-demand liquidity partners down to exchanges to where me and you can buy it. God willing, we still have that opportunity, but we might not. And as far as who Ripple is selling it to, it's only going to be to accredited investors. It's always going to be to institutions and banks that are their on-demand liquidity partners, right? So we are watching that. So the escrow account ain't meant for us, right? The XRP that's being held by Ripple is being treated like a reserve currency. And once again here, folks, a psychological operations where the masses get into Bitcoin, get into NFTs, get into memes, and embrace digital distributed ledger technology, right? Just like we have, just like us. We have invested in part of this psychological operation that is being ran, but it's important for us to use that discernment and to understand what operation is being ran against us, what operation we are in the middle of trying to navigate. So Digital Asset Investor shares this one, and it is a Catherine Austin Fitz clip here. And Digital Asset Investor says, proof of work never made any sense because it was, is a prototype, a prototype disguised as a libertarian movement, XRP and gold. And that's my belief as well. Bitcoin and then what happened with the Ethereum free pass and the Ponzi scheme that was the crypto space, the, 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 the Ponzi scheme that unregulated crypto has been and accomplished so far was built off of Ethereum. The 20,000 cryptos, most of them are built on top of Ethereum, right? So, so it was Bitcoin that was pushed out as this decentralized narrative for the libertarians and the freedom fighters, right? And then it was Ethereum getting the free pass and getting the token factory created over there with the massive amount of ERC-20 tokens that took off from there. And that was the, the Ponzi scheme that was built off of that foundation of Bitcoin being the decentralized play, libertarian movement, and Ethereum being the end-all, be-all, the best thing ever, smart contracts that allowed and enabled ERC-20 token factory to generate all of it that leads us to a market cap of $3 trillion that we hit last uh, bull run, right? A massive amount of money created from this and few and far between real utility that's being built out here right? But this is the psychological operation that is going to divert most of the masses that have got into crypto so far. How often do you hear this? Oh, you have to accumulate some Bitcoin. You have to put some Ethereum on your balance sheet, right? You have to. A fundamental portfolio in crypto has to include Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then they're going to show you all the rest of the nonsense that was built on Bitcoin and Ethereum. Well, nothing's been built on Bitcoin really, but just on Ethereum, right? But let's play this clip here. This is from uh, Digital Asset Investor sharing this one with us. Catherine Austin Fitz talking about cryptocurrency and what this did. Folks, check this out. As a policy matter, I do think that cryptos were encouraged and pumped and dumped and continue to be pumped and dumped to, uh, to build the, to do the prototyping that's needed for the central bankers to figure out how to do CBDCs, but they also play a lot of other roles, helping to move money around secretly, helping to launder money, helping to get a lot of the people who are freedom fighters working for you and building your train tracks instead of building towards freedom. So even though I think a lot of people who are using Bitcoin to try and build freedom are very sincere, 
I think part of the op is getting them to help the central bankers prototype where they want to go. And I think it's been very successful. I think crypto has been, has done a great job of sort of leading a whole world of people into, into a process that helps the big guys get to where they want to go. So as a policy matter, I do see, see crypto as an op to build towards the CBDC. And I think from Mr. Global's standpoint, it's been remarkably successful. Yeah. And, and I would have to agree 100%. And, you know, that's why I've invested in the, the company that is helping them roll out the central bank digital currencies, because I understand it's inevitable. So if I can profit from that, if I can make money from that, I will. But I've also been acquiring and accumulating offline assets and assets that are going to operate without that system too, because I like choices. Okay. But it is no doubt, and even us in the XRP community, we're getting hyped about a project and a coin that 100% is going to enable better liquidity, it's going to enable a better financial system, and there are people within the powers that be, within the, the private banking cartel, that are interested in XRP. And we know that because we have Brad speaking at Davos. So I'm about to play this clip here from Brad. This is a full session that Brad did here in Davos. And I want to do a live reaction with you guys because we got to understand this. Like I said, I'm playing both sides of this thing in, in, in this sense. And I'm going to continue to put up a fight here in the United States to make sure that our CBDC respects individual rights, liberties, privacy, and security. Okay. I want sound money in my country. I wouldn't mind a CBDC if it's backed by gold, interoperable with the XRP ledger. That would be fantastic. That would actually be the answer to our problems. You know, and, and, and that's my, my beautiful, perfect world. We're going to see how this ends up playing out. But nonetheless, you cannot deny that um, they're working with the central banks. The central bank digital currencies are basically inevitable. Many of the other countries much further along than the United States. But we have Brad sitting down at the table with these people who are, once again, controlled the old train system, the old tracks, right? And so like she just said in that video, we are actually helping them kind of lay and build the new tracks, the new system, uh, which moves a lot faster than the old one, okay? But that's the opportunity is that at least we get to hold a piece of that system, a piece of that infrastructure, a piece of that new system that includes precious metals too. It's not only about cryptos, right? You got precious metals, you got real world utility. Whether it's DLT tech, whether it's precious metals, we see two things that are taking place. Central banks are buying more gold than they have in 55 years since the last time they reset the currencies. And the most amount of central banks are sitting down with Ripple. The most amount of CBDCs are built on the XRP ledger. Facts. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. It's up for us to take that information and invest accordingly. Now, for me, I listen to everything that Brad Garlinghouse says. And so let's play this session. This is going to be Brad Garlinghouse sitting down here at Davos with the World Economic Forum. Let's take a look here. We're here at the World Economic Forum at Davos, and I have the pleasure of having with me Brad Garlinghouse, the CEO of Ripple. Brad, thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you for coming to the Ripple temporary office. Brad, listen, I, it would be, I guess, uh, a big mistake of me not to start with what is in the minds of everybody is topical. Everybody's talking about it. So let's address it. FTX. There's a collapse. There's crypto involved. How is Ripple different? 
Well, so I view Ripple as dramatically different. And actually, maybe I'll start by describing how I think about the FTX collapse. You know, first of all, I don't even think of the FTX collapse as a crypto issue. It's a fraud. Whether you're dealing with crypto assets or as Bernie Madoff was dealing with lots of different assets, or maybe he didn't have assets, I don't know. But, you know, fraud is fraud. And, you know, I don't know all the details of FTX. And of course, the court process will will play out. But Ripple is dramatically different in that at, at the core, we're, we're an enterprise software company. We're selling bank infrastructure uh, that uses blockchain technology to dramatically improve cross-border payments. So today, many of us are very familiar with you know, what generally is called a swift transfer, a wire transfer. Uh, you know, interestingly, by the way, the word wire transfer, the history of that refers to a telegraph wire. Click, 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 click. That's how we're transferring money, and we still hang on to that language. Why is it that it's slow and expensive to send money across borders when I can send an email anywhere in the world for free anytime? And really, money's just ones and zeros at this point. Ripple selling technologies allow banks, financial institutions to send cross-border payments instantly, very, very, very low cost. So as compared to FTX, you know, it's kind of apples and oranges. Very good and uh, very uh, nice to hear. Uh, you, you touched upon SWIFT, so let's, let's go there. Is, is SWIFT a competitor? Is uh, uh, SWIFT something that in, in a future scenario you would see working with? Um, and what about you know, transfers that happen through platforms like a Revolut or a, or a WeChat? Yeah. So Ripple decided early on that we wanted to be at kind of the infrastructure layer. And there's a whole bunch of strategic issues associated with that. One of them, quite frankly, is that if you work with regulated endpoints, that's where all the regulatory frameworks apply. KYC, know your customer, AML, anti-money laundering, all the acronyms. If you work just with regulated endpoints, they're making sure that that is the case. Uh, companies like WeChat have to do that regulatory work themselves. Uh, now, Swift, I mean, Swift is kind of a competitor. It's, it's, it's slightly more complicated than that because Swift is really just messaging. When you send a Swift transfer, it's not liquidity. You're actually sending mes bank messages to banks that have liquidity. So to some degree, Citibank and HSBC, uh, really the top two, JPM, those are the top three liquidity banks. And when you're sending SWIFT messages, you're sending messages to banks to release liquidity and making sure the debits and credits match. So to some degree, really boil it down, Ripple's competing with the liquidity of Citi and the messaging of SWIFT, but in one, because we're both messaging and liquidity. And at the end of the day, you know, again, as I described, you know, SWIFT was developed 50 plus years ago. It architecturally hasn't really changed. It does remain slow, it remain, you know, days. It does remain, relatively speaking, expensive. And actually, interestingly, it's quite error prone. Uh, and part of that is just, it's a one-way messaging protocol. So if I fat finger Tassos and I put uh, one S instead of two in the middle, I guess you have three S's, but that will bounce back. They'll, they'll say, no, that, that account name doesn't match that person. That's an error. Now, if you use modern technology, you, know, you would get a real time, you're typing in Tassos an account number, you get a real time, okay, does that account match? Oh. I, I mistyped, I fat fingered that name. So the, the efficiency, you know, we see instead of a 6% error rate as reported uh, for Swift, you see, you know, 10 bips of error. So 99.9% .9 effective. So you know, we think these are better technologies that can be applied broadly to uh, the vast majority of 
frankly, all of the banking system by selling it as a wholesaler, if you will. And th therefore, if we don't compete with the WeChats, WeChat could be a customer of ours. You, you touched upon something that I think is very relevant and, and something we've heard a lot about, and that's regulation, right? You, you look at crypto, and if, if I look back, crypto started as something that was more anti-regulation, anti-system following the, the financial crisis of 08, and yet you are an advocate of regulation. How do you reconcile these two? You know, when I uh, first got exposed to crypto, there's no question that, you know, the, the, the perspective was anti-government, you know, Bitcoin kind of came from that heritage. And I always thought these are amazing technologies, but if you wanted to have the broadest impact for the broadest population, you needed to work with the system and work with governments and work with regulators. So for really since the beginning of Ripple's life, we've been engaging regulators globally and that has, I think, been to our benefit for sure, uh, you know, in lots of different jurisdictions. The United States, interestingly, is really behind lots of other countries. And, you know, here in Davos, I made the argument to the various sessions around crypto that, like, we spend too much time talking about the U.S. Regula regulatory framework because it's quite a bit behind countries like the U.K. or Japan. Well, certainly Switzerland was early and aggressive and codifying and being specific about what the regulatory framework for crypto would look like. And when you're clear about the framework, that allows entrepreneurs and investment capital to flow in because it reduces risk. When I mean, you don't know what that looks like, if you're an entrepreneur, one of the first pieces of advice I give people is don't start your company in the United States at this point until the rules are clear. Most crypto entrepreneurs, I find they want to follow the rules of the road, but if you don't know what the rules of the road are, that you make them hard. up or you don't know where to be. Yeah. So if you operate and start, I mean, we're a very global business. If you are a Swiss company, well, you know what the Swiss regulatory frameworks look like. Even countries like the UAE and frankly, even South Africa is getting ahead of the United States. Very interesting perspective. And, and you touched upon something, regulation. Um, there is a, a, an issue and an open dispute between you and the SEC on, on your uh, crypto coin, the XRP, whether that is a security or not. And I know that a lot of people are really waiting and, and really the, the, the outcome is very important. What is your take on it? Where do you stand? What do you see the issues uh, being there? Yeah. Well, so first of all, it is very important, not just for Ripple, but really for the whole crypto industry. You know, the, the U.S. is the largest economy in the world. Certainly, we want crypto to thrive as it is in other countries uh, in the United States. The, the United States Security Exchange Commission has taken the position that Ripple's sales of XRP constitute an unregistered security sale. And it gets into this very nuanced legal definition of what is a security. We use XRP as a currency. We use it for cross-border settlement. Uh, you know, it doesn't give you any rights or title or governance of Ripple. In fact, it's an open source technology that it's hard to think about. So if XRP is a security, it's a security of what company? Who should file the registration statement? You know, if it's an open, should, that, should Ripple do that? I mean, the other frustrating part, uh, two kind of just anecdotes on this. One, the only country on the planet, and we, you know, we operate in 50 plus countries, the only country on the planet that has uh, alleged that XRP is a security is the United States. Which is odd when, you know, we're actually, Ripple's been profitable, we pay taxes in the United States, I'm a U.S. taxpayer, and it's just kind of like, wow, this is, uh, it, it, frankly, it's the reason why we are doing more and more outside the United States, both from a hiring, uh, you know, our second largest office is now London. Uh, now, on the case itself, we, we think the law is actually clear, and we think the facts are on our side, we think the law is on our side, and so 
we're actually quite optimistic. The case has been going on for about two years. Uh, it's fully briefed in uh, district court, federal district court in the Southern District. Uh, we expect closure within months. Uh, you know, you, when, the, when the judge gets the case, you don't have a timeline. So the judge will take the amount of time the judge wants. But uh, I'm pretty optimistic. I do think it's important for the whole industry, and uh, I'm looking forward to closure. Brad, if, if I may, and I, I, I really, for the whole industry, I hope that this comes sooner than, rather than later, because clarity is, as you said, very important. Um, let's talk a little bit about you. You are, you are extremely driven. You, you are very successful. What are some of the experiences or leadership traits or anecdotes, perhaps, that you can share with YPOs that you know, have influenced you or you think would be something well worth for them to consider? Well, first of all, I'll give a plug for YPO, and you know, I think it's part of leadership is you know, being open to knowing what you don't know. And I think your YPO forum particularly, uh, is, you know, for me, has been a group of people who have been you know, mentors and advisors, and, you know, both professionally and personally. Uh, but I think that, that kind of knowing what you don't know, you know, I try to spend a lot of time listening. Uh, I think my team at Ripple would describe me as decisive, but I am op very much open to, and frankly, to sometimes their frustration. I'm like, I want the input. I want, before I make an important decision, I want, I'm not going to go into a dark room and just make a decision and come out and say, hey, here's what's going on. Uh, and I think that has served us well, particularly in a new industry that's formative. You know, it's kind of the, the pre-Cambrian era of crypto is you know the, the last six I've been at Ripple now eight years, and you know being open to that feedback and always listening before kind of opining I think has has served me well. And and with that let me ask you one thing because uh, we can share with YPOers, blockchain and crypto is on a lot of our minds right and most people unlike you do not have the the pleasure or the time or the know how, or or a business immediately related with it to get into it. Yeah. How do you stay how do you think somebody can stay on top of it can stay ahead of the curve or what it, what are perhaps trends that you're seeing that YPOs should be aware of? Well, I think if you kind of zoom out at the most macro level the novelty of a blockchain is to allow two parties to transact without trust but with certainty. Let me let me pull that apart a little bit. Today, there's a lot of examples where you're settling a transaction, but there's almost always an intermediary, a security settlement. I mean, frankly, insurance. There's so many examples where, whether it's a financial system, cross-border payments, where Ripple has focused, uh, there's an intermediary there. And it's, it's the commute of trust. If I'm a, a merchant down the street and I use Visa to commute trust, the merchant trusts Visa, Visa trusts me, they're commuting trust. But Visa's taking how many, you know, 200, 300 bips for that privilege. Anyone who sits in that central counterparty basis could be disintermediated by a blockchain settlement. Because now I can settle with certainty whether or not I trust you or not. If I go to the merchant down the street and I send a transaction with Bitcoin or something else, actually Bitcoin's not great for payments, we could get into that. But the merchant knows settlement is final. They have received the Bitcoin. And so you no longer need Visa. Now, to be clear, I'm not predicting the demise of Visa. I think that would be an aggressive statement. I'm more pointing out that if you're in YPO and you're thinking about what do these technologies mean for my business, if you're a business in the central counterparty business and you're taking a, a fee, a, a toll for that privilege, 
people will think about ways to put blockchains in that intermediary. I think it applies to government services. Uh, I met today with the prime minister of a, a country, and they're very excited about using blockchain for land registry. Think about the title insurance business. That so inefficient. Big yeah. intermediary, and they take a lot of value. Uh, if if we had blockchain-based title management of ownership of who owns which property, arguably, arguably title insurance would change dramatically. That's a big industry to think about, again, for YPRs to think out into the horizon about what these technologies mean. And frankly, it's one of the reasons why I compare blockchain to the early days of the internet. I had the good fortune of coming out of business school in 97 as the internet was kind of, as we know it today, being birthed. Remember, 2001, 2002 was a really d difficult, dark time in the internet space. I think the same thing applies in the blockchain world. You're seeing the birth of an industry that I think is going to have broad implications beyond just cross-border payments. And yes, you're going to see crypto winters as we're experiencing. But don't forget, Amazon almost went out of business in 2001. It's true. It's true. Um, I've taken up a lot of your time. I want to close with one question. We're here at the World Economic Forum. What is the one issue you feel you would like to see addressed here? Moving Davos to May. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's a good big question. I mean, look, I, I find the value of being here, it, it does make me think bigger. Uh, I go to sessions that have nothing to do with payments, nothing to do with blockchain. And I think, you know, you kind of, I enjoy going to some of these conferences once or twice a year to kind of just change the way you think about things as a leader, as a str strategist for your business. Uh, is there something WEF isn't attacking that I think they should? I guess the only thing I'll say is I, I still find WEF to be a little too US-centric. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's leaders from around the world here, at least the sessions I'm going to, maybe it's because it's crypto. I just think, like, you know, the, the US is a, an important economy, uh, but there's a lot, uh, and it, you know, Ripple's business is 95% non-US. And so sometimes I find it to be uh, you know, a little bit too dominating. Fred, thank you so much for being with us, and I hope to have the pleasure of continuing the dialogue in the future. Absolutely. Thank you for being with us. Good to see you. All right, folks, how about that? Brad Growinghouse, huge shout out. Our man representing us so well over there in Davos with the suits. And um, like you said, the domination. You know, Neil said ODL growth outside of the United States is like wildfire. Brad just confirming once again, 95% of his customers are outside of the U.S. And so we're, we stand alone here and uh, the corruption is getting exposed here in the United States as well. And we love to see that because I hope that the United States can continue to remain a leader in operating a free, open, car, you know, capitalist uh, society that allows opportunity and for people to build from the ground up, you know, and um <clears throat> I think that it's unfortunate as an American to see all of these events now unfolding rapidly and how many people just aren't prepared or tapped in on the level that we've achieved and aren't going to be able to take advantage of this transfer of wealth. And in fact, they're going to be on the wrong side of it. So folks, uh, once again, you can get tapped in with us at my website. It's linked up down below. Uh, you sign up for the Patreon and you can get access to the Discord group or we also have our uh, Precious Metals link and your cryptocurrency wallets and exchanges that I am using right now. Not that I trust them, but we are using them right now uh, to support this channel, to support this message. You can just also thumbs up us uh, while you watch this session and while we open it up for some q and I appreciate everyone. 
Still got 500 with us in the house here. TikTok still with us. Thank you very much, guys, for joining me here on a President's Day session. I want to open it up and uh, take some of your guys' questions. Appreciate your support. Fresh sticky note unlocked. Let's get it. Got a fresh cup of tea. Ready to roll. Coconut water. Fresh tea. And I wanted to actually take a look here at the sticks. We saw where we we're at on the zoomed out time frame. Now I'm going to zoom in real quick. Yeah, I want to zoom in real quick here. Okay, so let's take a look here. This is going to be Bitcoin on the four hour chart, guys. Bitcoin on the four hour chart back up here, touching 25K once again, bouncing on uh, off this level here. And we're going to be hanging out here for a little bit longer. But remember, the markets open back up tomorrow and we got a lot of economic data coming in this week. And as we talked about earlier in this session, we have to continue to watch the manipulation at the cryptocurrency exchange level. And then we're gonna to have to watch the liquidity injections at the central bank level, primarily Bank of Japan and China, both a massive amount of liquidity injections to the tune of 630 billion won getting injected last week. So let's watch that one closely, okay? Because this thing's manipulated, this, 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 uh, this pump that we've seen in the stocks and the crypto space recently, got a lot of people excited and they might be able to take it a little bit further, right? But the level that they've achieved uh, so far has not gotten me excited. There's been no confirmations besides the the death cross being achieved on the weekly chart for Bitcoin. And so, you know, Bitcoin to me is, is not the answer and not the way out of this problem. It's the utility cryptocurrencies that can actually solve and handle and scale real world problems, real solutions. And we're just going to be in the, 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 the manipulations. We're going to be in the games, the, the, the fake economy here for crypto. Until we get those regulations and, and the United States continues to stay way behind the rest of the world, like Brad said, everyone else moving ahead without us. So understand that the games are still going on, games are still underway, and the other currencies are still being devalued and they're getting devalued even faster, right? which once again keeps the United States dollar in that position that it is in. So we've hedged our bets both ways. You guys know me. I got my cash. I got cash in hand. I got it in the bank. I got precious metals. I got cryptocurrencies. I'm ready to move on real estate. We're running our businesses, making sure that we're going to be able to ride this thing out. Already been stacking food and essentials and prepared for any storm that could come through, preparing for the power to go out like it did in Oakland. And, you know, basically, what did they say? 50,000 people without power in Oakland. You know, different situations playing out with trained derailments, unfortunate series of events in the United States popping off over the last couple of weeks that have been pretty shocking to see, pretty sad to see, and we don't expect the government to come in and save us. That is the main program for us, is, is, is not relying on anybody else to save us, doing our own research, taking our own action, building our own businesses, stacking our own shelves full of the necessities, uh, necessities and essentials that you're going to need to ride it out. And guys, for me... Having your XRP, having your silver is just as important as having some cash. 
just as important as having some food, some essentials, being able to ride it out. Uh, can't be done unless you have those necessities, right? And once again, we're, we're getting all sorts of th stuff thrown at us, but we also have a, go a government that's incompetent at best and completely corrupt at worst. So wh whatever you want to decide on that spectrum of incompetency and just being corrupt, wherever you're at on that, the, the point being, they ain't coming to save you. They ain't coming to save your 401k, the real estate equity situation that you got right now, real estate portfolios getting hit. They're not going to come save your business, right? And they're going to make a fool of us in the crypto space with their whole FTX debacle, allowing them to come in with Elizabeth. I got a plan for that, Warren. Gary Gensler not going to be testifying until September. And the corruption is going to continue along with the manipulation. Let's stay safe out there. We got power outages and robberies in Oakland. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, Dex, Speaker McCarthy turning over 41,000 hours of video to Tucker Carlson. I think that's going to be massive. And I think that that's why we see some crazy things taking place, some distractions that are kind of set up, staged, some people might call them, but I'll be careful with my words and I'll just stop right there. But yeah, it's interesting. What, what, what a coincidence. With all this stuff being exposed from JP Morgan and the boys, the boys all the way up to, at, at the very top getting exposed, they're willing to do some pretty sick stuff to uh, hide that, aren't they? Now let's continue to watch this. <clears throat> um, Zach, what about the SEC's second complaint regarding payment to market makers using the tokens? What are your opinion about that? Did Ripple do something wrong? No, Ripple did the right thing by using market makers. They did so in a way that wouldn't affect the price as much. And so it allowed them to give their XRP, sell it off to ODL partners in a way that wouldn't make the market fluctuate uh, too much. And so they're basically maintaining stability in XRP price by doing so and using the market makers. I think it's the right thing to do. As someone who wields so much power, so much of the asset, and basically is operating the treasury of the XRPL, we, we want Ripple to continue to be righteous custodians, and I believe that they have done so. They've been 100% transparent and clear, and um, I think that where they've been giving the XRP is important to watch. They've been only giving XRP to people that are utilizing XRP for its true intended utility, which is liquidity, internal treasury flows, cross-border payments. You want to build your NFT project on the XRP ledger, we now have the update. You want to build a liquidity pool, we're going to get the update with XLS30D. It's going to be absolutely massive. And so I just continue to reiterate the point. They sold $9 billion worth of XRP in 2022 to somebody. Whether that was banks, financial institutions, it wasn't to retail. I'll tell you that right now. So is XRP meant for us? Well, we can use it. But X, you know, Ripple ain't giving it to us. I love Ripple. Great, great, great stuff. We just played the clip there from Brad. And I don't want them to be concerned with me. I, I don't want Brad and Ripple to worry about us retail guys. We're going to get taken care of and we're going to be able to build on this open source permissionless technology. They are getting more money, more value put on this system. More people that matter signing deals and actually adopting XRP. That's good for the space. That's good for all XRP holders. <clears throat> grow food you are printing money absolutely another another yeah actually uh yeah i was checking over my garden yesterday as a matter of fact i was going through and starting i was getting excited i think everybody in my area is kind of getting excited 
although we got another cold snap coming through, but it was getting pretty nice there for a while. Everyone's starting getting excited for spring, but we're going to, we, we always get our really wet, wet springs, basically the end of our winter into our springs. We just get flooded out here in the Pacific Northwest. So. What wallet do you use for XRP? Um, I have a few different options, okay? So. $10,000, half into XRP, half into silver. Matt, I can't, I cannot answer that question, but I'm gonna tell you this. I've invested a lot into XRP and I've put something into silver. Not as much as I've put into XRP, but I have put something into silver and I'm gonna be putting a little bit more into silver. And I've been putting, I went last week and put a little bit more into my prepping essentials bag. Um, I made another allocation towards that. Can you speak about circle turning in Paxos? Yes. So basically the space is trading against each other. They're snitching each other out. They're going at each other's throats. They try to buy each other out. There's all sorts of, there's a crypto war underway by these, uh, by, by the big players, by the big players in the space. They're all fighting for market share. They're fighting each other and um, circle, circle uh, doing what happens in, in battle there, uh, going at their competitors in a way like that. A little dirty, some might say, but well, you know, we've been talking about this openly too. If, uh, you know, an exchange can't prove its solvency, can't prove its reserves, if a project can't, again, you know, provide transparency, then we should be asking questions. I don't know about snitching in to the SEC if I would ever go that far, but uh, <laughs> you definitely, definitely, um, I think we're right. It, Circle was right to ask, you know, what's going on here with Paxos. But that's the thing is, guys, we're still in the middle of this liquidity crisis. These exchanges, got to be careful with them. I don't trust any of them. I just use them. And then I get my cryptos off their platform as fast as possible. Preppers equals psycho psychos. Yeah, I say good luck and God bless to anybody that thinks it's crazy. First off, it's been a good investment because we've actually made money on buying our food and essentials and stuff that we would have been buying anyways at a lower price. And that's food, diapers, wipes. You got, you got your baby, you need formula, right? And then you ain't going to care about what price you could have paid when you need it. And that's the point. And that's why I say good luck and God bless. If you're that stupid to say that preppers equal crazy, good luck, God bless. And call it whatever the hell you want. I don't, I, I call it stocking up on essentials. It's an investment. It's an allocation. So, Get your financial house in order before you call them people crazy. Okay. Are there some crazies in the prepping community? Absolutely. <laughs> Are there crazies in the XRP community? Absolutely. I identify as one of them. God bless the rest of you crazies out there. Ain't nobody going to call us broke and we're going to be able to feed our family. There's that. And we have options. I can pay you in cash. Yesterday, I picked up a little bit of the Canadian funny money. I didn't realize how, how well the dollar was doing against the Canadian dollar. But we got cash. We got precious metals. I got baby wipes. What you need? I got it. Liquor. Costco sells those big half gallons. You know? I mean, talk about barter. 
Talk about gains. Is it worth converting XRP to XRP Healthcare? I'm not interested in XRP Healthcare and I've um, been turned off by the project. That's all I can say. I have been turned off. It did not turn me on. Like many cryptos, to be fair, did not turn me on. <clears throat> can you speak on where and how to buy silver? So if you guys need to get precious metals, just go to my link on down below, precious metals, TikTok for you guys, the link in my bio takes you to my website. At the very top, there's a link for gold, okay? Now, get in touch with my partners. They have a $5,000 minimum, okay? But if you don't meet that minimum, just, just reach out to me with a message. If you want to buy less than 5,000 in metals, just reach out to me with a message. We will get the metals shipped directly to you. My partner, though, they'll help you roll over your 401k retirement account, which allows you to move your 401k without taking a penalty. So that's why I got that partner. But then if you need medals, just reach out. Just reach out. We'll get you. We'll get you covered. Fruit, veggies, and herb seeds like a mofo. <laughs> there you go, MC. Absolutely, guys. Uh, guys, we got this opened up for Q&A. So please just drop your questions below. I'll try to go rapid fire for the next little bit here. I was looking. There was actually fruit trees at Costco last time I was there. I was thinking about getting some. Um, right now I rent where I live though, but you know, I got options. We got property, we got places that I could stuff some fruit trees, but you know, I don't know. I just, for me, it's about being realistic. I think that people kind of get overwhelmed when they first start trying to make some preparation. So what we did is in our discord, group, we did a couple of prepping calls last year. They were on like the basics, not overwhelming yourself, just keeping it very simple and just getting started. And then we're going to have another prepping call here at the end of this month on February 25th. And that's going to be another massive session at the, uh, end of this week, Saturday, our, our weekly call, we're going to be doing another prepping session. It's going to be massive. So get tapped in if you guys are looking to take advantage of that. But yeah, I, I mean, for me, I definitely want to get my own piece of land. Uh, even if it's small, you can grow a lot of, a lot of food, a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit. You can, you can do a lot with a little piece of land. I mean, even with where I live at, I just do uh, a potted garden. So all my vegetables, I just, you know, grow them in individual pots and stuff, different containers, container gardening, basically. And more than enough. More than enough. Do I have a water filter system? Um, no, my town doesn't use fluoride in their water, though. Um, so, I, you know, I'm sure it's still got a little something-something in it, but um, our, our town doesn't fluoride the water. But that's what I'm saying. There's, there's, there's levels to everything, man. I don't think that people get overwhelmed because they think that they need to go zero to 100 water filter, everything, you know, just like they, they want to go zero to 100 instead of just making sure that you have some stuff, you know, at least right out a few weeks before we prepare for like Mad Max. I don't prepare for Mad Max. I mean, I prepare for Mad Max and just as far as like my mentality, my skill set, I think no matter what happens, no matter what uh, I face, I'm someone who, you know, will rise up to the challenges and we'll feed our family. But, <clears throat> you know, I'm prepared for something a little less serious than that. <laughs> 
medical supplies. Absolutely medical. Yeah. My man, Shane, my man, Shane, good friend in the discord, Shane talking about hooking up a solar well pump with reverse osmosis system. And that's what I'm talking about. See, just, just find a friend like that. Go, go buy water from them. If you can't, can't do it yourself. Yeah, I know, man. I, I, yeah, I'd let, I'd love to set up some serious stuff like that in that way. I mean, my end goal really is I want to live on my own ranch farm. <clears throat> I, I, yeah, I, I, that's that's the end goal for me. We have an abundance of great water up here in the Pacific Northwest, and my county literally tried to ban people from drilling wells. They tried to ban people from drilling new wells. I recently paid $300 for a 10-ounce bar of silver. Is that too much? Um, Battle of the Bands, if that's U.S., yes, because I bought these for $230, $230, I think. So if you guys need precious metals and you guys need good prices and you're looking to buy five less than five grand, just shoot me a message at my website. Just shoot me a message. Contact me page. Say, hey, Zach, interested in metals. If you guys are trying to make a big, big move, over 5k or you're trying to roll over your 401k retirement account it's at my website that gold link that'll take you there and get you set up no i bought i bought mine for 230 240 but that was that was a few months ago so i don't know what the price now would be the price that might be closer now let's pull up silver let's take a look at silver guys Okay, so silver dumped starting in February. Okay. I want to see, let's see how silver's done since the new year. Okay, so silver is back down, guys. It's back below $22. It's at $21.8, basically. Let's take a look here at the chart. So I wanted to scroll back and see. Yeah. So basically the new year's right. That vertical line right there that I just drew, that was the new year's. So this is what silver's done since the new year. Basically dumped right there in February, right at the beginning of this month. Brought us back down to $21, whereas that's that's where we're trading at right now. Okay. So Nice, nice, uh, nice time to accumulate potentially before we get another run up in silver. We know it's definitely ready for a massive, massive breakout, but I've seen some charts recently too, that suggest that we could see gold and silver retrace as well. Kind of, uh, same thing that we're seeing right now with crypto. So we're preparing for that. But for me, I mean, it's all a buy under $30 silver is a buy for me personally, not financial advice, but it's just for me. And you know, when I, when, when I buy, yeah, you, you know, you're going to pay that little premium, right? For me, that's fine. You, you know, take the premium because I need that metal. I need that on my reserve balance sheet. You know, for me, it's a reserve and it's an offline asset. And the gains I think will be nice, but I need that offline asset and I need it now. So I'm fine to pay a little 
little slight premium, you know, you don't want to get taken advantage of. So that's why if you need precious metals, get in touch with me. Just shoot me a message at my website, contact me page, or there's a little contact session. Uh, yeah, just hit that, hit my line. No, I'm not, I'm not shilling silver. I'm just explaining what I do. That's all I ever do. I, I mean, I show what I believe in. I, I wear my, you know, how I feel on my shoulder. You can see what I believe in every single day. And then you also can see what I invest in because I'm just 100% transparent. So it, it's not a shill. It's just explaining what I'm doing. And, 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 you know, of course I want to be of service too. So for people that have asked me, where can I get my precious metals? What should I do with my 401k? What can I do? Providing options and being of service is what I'm here to do. So if you need the metals, here you go. Let's hook you up. If you need some cryptos, absolutely. If you need a wallet to store your crypto, absolutely. If you want to get tapped in with our investment community, learn about prepping, learn about real estate, learn about running your business and living a better life, here you go. Let's be of service. Let's get it done and let's save as many people as we can during this transfer of wealth that's going to be historic. Generational wealth will be created and some of it's going to be destroyed too. What side of the transfer of wealth will you be on is the question that we ask. Is the red folder still there? That red folder is still here. Red folder still here. I still got my red folder. Yeah, yeah. And actually, um, I think we have one more model to come out on far, as far as the XRP valuation committee. XRP valuation committee going to put out one more model. We'll, after all the models have been put out, we'll go through and we'll cover that. Um, half a butter. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I don't watch him. I don't watch, I don't really watch, um, anybody else in the crypto space. I wish I could. I wish I had more time. I don't really watch anybody in the crypto space though. I really only watch, um, basically my macroeconomic guys, my real estate guys, my business guys and gals. And, um, that's about it. Oh, precious metals too. Definitely. No, I, see, I don't, I don't compete with these other little guys. These other little guys are doing something a little cute, but that's all right. You know, I just hope it works out for them. Now, XRP back up to 40 cents here, folks. I'm remaining patient here. These utility cryptocurrencies. Gonna, gonna be accumulating a little bit more utility, absolutely. You better believe that. I wish you and Crypto Mason would do a live together. Yeah. Yeah, t tell him. Tell him he could come chat. What cryptos do you have in your portfolio? XRP, XLM, XDC, Casino Coin, Reaper, 
few others. Cash. Cash, precious metals, cash in hand, cash in the bank, essentials, food, two businesses, one old world, one new world, one physical, one digital. Very little debt. While America's about to hit one trillion in credit card debt, pay off my credit card every month. <laughs> yeah, all right, you guys make me laugh. You guys make me laugh. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm reading your comments. I know. I know how silly it's getting out there. What's casino coin? It's a coin that's built on the XRP ledger. Yep. How do you feel about Biden giving all the money to Ukraine instead of the USA? That's a good question. So our country is bankrupt. So we have no money to actually give. We are creating it out of thin air and continue to destroy the value of our dollar in real time. And right now the dollar has been propped up because the rest of the world is on fire and flames and people are burning their banks in Lebanon. The people are you know, taking out the central bank in Nigeria. It's just crazy and chaotic in these other countries that face over 100% inflation rates. And so we see these other countries getting destroyed, all this situation, it's kept the dollar propped up. And then we've been able to keep that money printer going in the last uh, few years, we basically injected about a third of the existing dollar supply got created and injected after the events and simulations of 2020 onward. So, you know, it's about 25 to 33%, about a third of the US dollars in circulation total now were injected just within the last few years. We just saw a massive injection as well by by China, just kind of led to the bull run that we're now in the bull, sorry, the bull trap rally that we're now in, not the bull run, bull trap rally. Okay. But how do I feel about the, the money that we got? Well, we don't got it. We just continue to print it and destroy the value of our currency. And we've been able to do so and we still are. And what's happening over there, let me just be frank. We are covering up trails of corruption. We are trying to maintain power. We're trying to maintain operations. And, and when I say we're trying to maintain operations, I'm talking about the powers that be, why Ukraine was such an important country to them, why the operations there were so profitable for them, why that is such a strategic region to them. So that's, that's, that's what we're doing while the United States faces crumbling infrastructure, uh, record amount of homelessness, uh, serious, serious situations here in the United States, we send $50 billion to a country that is corrupt. And that's a mistake. 
and we also can't afford it. So even if you do want to support Ukraine, that's fine. That's great if that's where you stand. We can't afford it too, okay? We, we cannot afford to give $50 billion to Ukraine. We are $30 trillion in debt. We've just reached our debt ceiling once again with over $100, $100 trillion of unfunded liabilities. So that, that's how I feel about it. But once again, our country is being made a mockery of uh, with this current administration and with the puppet actors who are pulling uh, the strings here, you know, uh, you, you know, the strings are being pulled here of the puppet actors like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren and others. Even on the right side, both sides of the aisle have sold us out. Mitch McConnell saying that the most important thing we can do right now is to save Ukraine or whatever he said, defeat Russia in Ukraine. And Biden um, is over there saying that his heart is in Kiev. Russia's already taken some of the regions that were, were very important, right? They've already captured some of them. So Russia's already won some regions over. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to continue to watch that. I just continue to pray for peace, but I just continue to call out my corrupt government every chance I get, you know, um, that, that's kind of where I stand. It's not that, um, I enjoy seeing, um, well, I, I can't even speak on it guys. I can't even speak on it. Please address the SEC mandating exchanges on par with the bank's end of exchanges in the U.S. Tim, that's a good question. And that's something that we've talked about for a while, right? Is that the plan was always to give this on over to the Wall Street boys and girls, right? This this, this was regulatory capture. This was uh, squeezing out the decentralized exchanges, the DeFi plays, because the banks can't offer that type of return, that type of interest rate, right? They can't offer the staking program. And so this is why even Coinbase was getting attacked for their rather conservative staking platforms. And see, this is why I can't talk because TikTok just killed the live. Now, we're going to, I just, I just submitted an appeal. See, this is what happens. Do a rumble. Yeah, well, we're going to have to do something, man. Because you guys heard what I was talking about. Nothing crazy. Absolutely nothing crazy. But I'll tell you what is happening. We are getting attacked. And you know why we're getting attacked over there. It's because we've been calling out these fuzzers. We've been calling out these groups of guys and gals that are speaking nonsense, misrepresenting things. And um, that's why we've been under attack lately. 
And that's, um, that's part of the game. That's part of the hustle. But what they do is they mass report you on TikTok, and then the algorithm just triggers it and kills it. So that's what's unfortunate about that app. We've been playing that dance with TikTok for two years now. It's funny. Uh, just hit, um, just hit three hundred thousand followers on TikTok last week. After two years of of you know building everything from the ground up on that platform, right? And I, I made another video last week, and it was going viral. It was had over one hundred twenty thousand views within two hours. And I go to go live last week, and uh, basically, as soon as I went live, the views on the video got killed, like instantly. And so it was like, I knew that I, I know, and I've known here that I've been being watched on TikTok. Sorry, that was very bad English. I know that my platform is being watched closely, right? But the unfortunate part is every time I've called out, you know, basically I've called out BS by other creators, sometimes they send in their bots to mass report me. And so then I get trip, tricked up because the way that I present on TikTok and YouTube in my videos, they can't get me on because the way that I word things, the way that I say things, I do my dance, I speak in code. And so TikTok for the most part can't catch me. But uh, last week confirmed for me once again, I, I decided to fire up a live where I was just exclusively on TikTok because the video was going viral and that that's what you do for anybody who wants you know a hack on how to push your TikTok videos out there when you got a video going viral if you go live it's going to push that algorithm out even further and boost your video so that's what I went to go do as soon as I fired up my live all views got essentially killed wiped out and the video just like stalled out right now it's at like 143,000 views right now but uh you know I just have continued to put out content like that on TikTok for the last two years that the people want. I mean, it just triggers that algorithm and it just goes. It's a great platform for that. But the problem is, is then you got these guys that get mad. And so in the past, I've called out some other creators on like shilling, like rug pulls and some BS like that. And then now, of course, you know, we got other little Twitter, TikTok talking heads that are all mad at us that I think and I suspect were just mass reporting me. And then because I was talking about the controversial topics, the controversial topics about Ukraine and, you know, naming President Biden and uh, Kamala and, you know, stuff like that. And uh, they, they, that, that's, that's what happens then is they trigger that and they kill it. So it's unfortunate, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully they give it, give us that appeal. Um, I've basically won all my most recent appeals. I, I have a winning record when it comes to appealing on TikTok because they go back and they look at it and they see that, yeah, I didn't say anything that was misinformation or wrong or misleading or this or that. And so, I mean, cause that's where it's at for me is it's not political to say that we can't afford to send money to Ukraine. That is fact. And like I said, you guys heard me. If you want to support Ukraine, if you want to put the flag outside your house and say, you know, put, change your profile picture to say, I stand with Ukraine then go ahead, right? That's fine. Cheer them on. But the problem is, is we have $30 trillion in debt. We've reached a debt ceiling on top of $100 trillion in unfunded liabilities. We are broke and the countries around the world are dropping our treasuries, i.e. no longer funding our debt. And they are dropping the dollar as a reserve currency and for trade. 
That's not up for debate. That's not political. That's no games or me. You, you can't, that's undeniable. That's consensus. But I guess apparently we don't have a consensus about being able to send all this money over while our country is falling apart. And I mean, you guys have seen over the last, I don't know, man, I feel like I've been toned down on YouTube for, I mean, I've always been kind of careful on YouTube, but I feel like recently I've been even more kind of just like plugged into my current events, my crypto, talking about all that stuff. And I've, I've really strayed away from any, any of the controversial topics, right? I mean, at the very beginning of this episode, I talked about, you know, these events, what's taking place. And I said, I'm not going to put any opinion on this. And I just continued on through my update. And I don't want to do that, right? I don't want to do that. I want to be able to use the YouTube platform and to be able to speak freely on it and be able to talk about these things and give my opinion, right? But um, once again, it's, it, it's unfortunate. And that's why the Twitter spaces have been kind of interesting recently for me is because that one's been really wide open. You know, you know, free speech has been taking place over there again. And that's been nice for the Twitter sessions. That's been really nice. Not having to worry about any of that nonsense, you know, being able to have open discussions, open dialogue about issues, a little back and forth. And, you know, I always try to keep it higher level and I'm always trying to move the conversation forward. All of my recent attempts to reach out to the other side, the XRP Fudsters, who I thought maybe had just good intentions, but they were just confused, had good intentions, but they hadn't looked or read through the markets report and all this stuff. But then I come to find out that these guys, these XRP FUD groups, basically are in just a few camps. Uh, the Hex Boys have recently came, okay? The Bitcoin Cash guys have recently came, okay? Then there's a group from, uh, I almost feel like I shouldn't even be saying this. See, this is I keep it too real with you guys. And I just freaking, I just spill the truth. I, I just spill the truth out here because I have nothing to hide. But these guys are on some bullshit. Yeah, man. I've finally seen that one of the biggest shillers in the space, he withdrew his partnership with Binance and that that that's part of it that we knew would was going to be coming in my opinion is because these guys realized that, that, that they completely sold out and then the most recent two like i said you include a little army of proton guys xpr maybe you guys have heard of it these xpr guys these hex guys bitcoin cash um the bitcoin maxis are still delusional and still spreading fud about xrp of course and then just a few other characters that are just spreading nonsense and lies and saying that Ripple's committing fraud and using in their defense, you know, the SEC statements that, you know, John Deaton calls is the most overbearing and far reaching, uh, far reaching um, action ever taken by the SEC. So all of my chances of reaching out to these guys and trying to have a have a respectable conversation have basically failed. So I'm basically done doing that. I'm done hopping up in the TikTok space with them. I'm done letting them come be a guest on my TikTok space. I'm done, you know, with the Twitter spaces, like hopping up in their conversations that are just shit shows of rambling FUD that is not based off facts. And 
I'm now hosting my own Twitter spaces where I can kind of control and, and make sure that it's an open conversation, right? And then with, with the YouTube platform and with TikTok, just focusing on putting out that content that's going to help people make it, going to help people have clarity because our content does do better and we are you know doing better than all of those fudsters combined. My platform is bigger than and better than all of theirs combined by the numbers. And so we don't have to spend any more time with them anymore is, is kind of the place that I've gotten to. I've tried to reach out. I've tried to be nice and diplomatic with these guys. And then I come to find out that they're all just shilling projects that they've invested in. And, and basically, to be real, most of them are just broke and butthurt because we're in a bear market and they haven't gotten rich off of XRP yet. And they're just in a tough place mentally themselves. So they're struggling with their own problems and then try to spread their negativity into the XRP community based off lies. It's not that I would like to see them in a bad situation. I want them to get into a good situation, not be depressed, but I'm going to have to stop you guys with your depression that you're trying to spread into the face based off of misrepresentation of facts around Ripple and XRP. We're just going to have to cut you guys off there. Sorry. But we've been we we've been doing good. I hadn't been uh, kicked off of Twitter or I mean uh, TikTok in a while. So that's unfortunate, but that's what happens here. We'll see if they. Uh... Oh wow, wow! That was a quick one. Appeal update. It was determined that your content violates our community guidelines. Access cannot be restored. Well, what does that mean, though? You know, it's funny because, um, <laughs> yeah, let's see. What does this mean? Okay, so we'll get access in a week, right? Yeah, yeah, because it's the 20th. So next week they're going to give us access. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got a week ban on TikTok. Well, the good news is YouTube is then that means that we'll just be hanging out with you. <laughs> TikTok's so funny like that, man. Brenda, appreciate you. Dex, thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay. All right, another big week. Uh, another big week ahead. Zach, you started talking about the banks becoming the exchanges but did not finish your thoughts before TikTok stopped. Yeah, the big thing is is they're going to just introduce, um, you, you know, all the rules that apply to banking are going to be introduced for exchanges. And so they're going to have to come into compliance. Um, many of the exchanges like Kraken gave up easily and just said, okay, we'll just shut down our staking, right? But we're this, you know, we're coming into a compliance. We're giving you $30 million and they're going to move on, right? So that's that's what we're going to have to watch here is to see who's able to withstand, who's able to continue offering staking and how does how, how far are they able to actually sh shut down? They call it Operation Choke Point. How much of the decentralized space are they able to shut off? Because they can't really shut down DeFi, but they can shut down the on-ramps and the off-ramps. So that's that's what we're going to have to watch there. 100% though, okay? 
Yeah, we're going to get Tokenizer on the show coming up. Absolutely, Dex. We're going to get Tokenizer for another utility session coming up here this week. Going to be absolutely massive. I got another big session on the way, too, with some other big hitters. Keep it, keep in store here, guys, for you on um, the end of this week, too. We're going to be doing our prepping call within the Discord group. So get tapped in. Take advantage, K. It's all linked up down below at my website. Unfortunately, uh, we won't be with TikTok for the next week on the live sessions. It'll just be you and me, YouTube, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you can do me a favor, let's smash that thumbs up on the way out, okay? And I will see you guys in the next one. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community, over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in and all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.